Morning. Am I on? Right, who's going to be the first to come and put something in the bucket while I'm talking then? Okay, it, we are in Ephesians. If you've been here um, over recent weeks, you'll know that we are a long way through Ephesians. Um, and we have reached chapter the, the um, end part of chapter 5, which is all about husbands and wives. So that's always, always an exciting one to talk about, isn't it? Okay, but we're going to back up a little bit. Um, because, really, the Word of God is an amazing thing, isn't it? Who thinks the Word of God is amazing? <laughs> You've got to put your hand up, really, for that, haven't you? Um, but just the way that God speaks and uh, just all that he's doing amongst us or saying to us this morning, I think, uh, is amazing, even the way it ties in with um, some of what I want to share this morning. So let's um, crack on and get into Ephesians 5. We're going to back up a little bit just to make sense of what I think Paul is wanting to do with this passage. So I'm going to start from um, Ephesians 5, verse 15. Okay, so let's read from there. Look carefully, actually, before we do that, let's just recap where we, what, the, the overall structure. I know we say this every week, it's really important for putting stuff in context. The first three chapters are all the stuff that God has done for us in Christ, the amazingness of our salvation. That's chapters one to three. And then uh, at the beginning of chapter four, we get this kind of break point where Paul goes, and now in the light of all of that, all that I've explained to you so far, now I want you to understand how now do we live in response to what God has done. So he, he talks about living in a way that is worthy of our calling, living in a way that responds appropriately to what God has done in our lives, being imitators of God walking faithfully, and so on and so on. So that's the second half. We're right in the thick of that right now as we um, read from chapter 5, verse 15. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its saviour. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we're members of his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. 
This mystery is profound, and I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Okay, nothing controversial there. <laughs> oh, only joking. This is great, actually. I love the scripture. Um, right, as I say, back here. No, let's pray. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you for your word. I thank you for the way that you, that it is good, you say, for our building up, for teaching us, for every bit of it, Lord, has something to say to us and to develop us and grow us in you. And today, Lord, we want to submit ourselves to your word. And we just say, will you help us? Will you uh, open our minds, open our hearts, Lord? May we be receivers and doers of the word. May it shape our lives, Lord, we pray. Help us and speak to us individually today, Lord, each of us. Will you grab hold of us uh, with what you want to do by your spirit in this, this little moment, Lord? We give these moments to you. We thank you for your presence with us. And we pray that you will move amongst us this morning by your spirit. For your glory, Lord Jesus. Amen. Okay, as I say, to understand what Paul wants to say here about marriage, we need to back up a little bit. And we need to go back, I want to go back from verse 15, because that is the backdrop and the foundation to what Paul has to say here. So, don't forget what God's talking about. He's saying, in the light of everything that I've done, in the light of the way that I've loved you and given myself for you, in the light of salvation, in the light of all that God has done and the position we now find ourselves in, Paul says, I want you to walk, I want you to live in a way that is appropriate. I want you to live carefully. I want you to think about the way that you live. Because of all that God has done, we don't just stumble through life now God has utterly changed the landscape of our lives. We have new life in him. We have a hope for eternity. And now, therefore, every day, be careful about you, the way that you walk, Paul says. Okay? The, so it's walking. Walking is a, a fairly dull, monotonous thing. Um, yeah, Eve's just a guy. I can see Eve nodding there. Well, we are walkers in our family. This is not in my notes. Uh, we love walking, but Eve, she, oh, she gets so fed up when we say, let's go for a walk. She's like, what, what is the interest in that? It's dull. You're just putting one foot in front of another. Well, there's, a, there's an element of truth to that, which is why Paul says, I want you to be careful about the way you walk. I want you to be careful in the ordinary things of life. This is day-to-day -day stuff that Paul is talking about. And, you know, so often we can think that, uh, that God is about the super stuff, the spiritual stuff. Uh, and then on Monday morning, we just get back and get on with life. But no, Paul says, I want, in the light of what God has done, every moment is important. The way that you walk through life in the ordinary things is hugely significant. And I want you to be careful about that. I want you to think about that. And he says, I want you to make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. And Catherine referred to it right now. If, if you didn't already know that the days are evil... Boy, do we know that right now, don't we? You only have to switch on the telly. The, the days are evil. Or, or sorry, look at, you know, scroll through your whatever. Who switches on the telly these days? Um, but you, you, the days that we live in are evil, aren't they? They are. That's the truth of it. But the other truth, I believe, for right now, is that, you know, we, we've kind of been... Uh, I, I don't know, shocked, 
blown away by all that's happened with the pandemic, and now that we've got war in Ukraine, which doesn't seem that far away, and all the images that we're seeing. But actually, you know, for God's people throughout history, these were not such unusual things. Actually, these are the norms. And in a lot of the world, even now, these are the norms that people live with all the time. And actually, I think that there's this thing in our culture and maybe in our nation particularly, but in the nations of the West, where we've kind of lived through this period of time, um, some of our lifetimes, where actually everything's been very comfortable and we've had it really nice and kind of very settled. But that actually hasn't been the norm in a lot of history. And Paul, but Paul speaks right into that. And says, the days are evil. And therefore, this is what Catherine was saying earlier, isn't it? And therefore, I want you to make the most of every opportunity. Every moment in the ordinary stuff of life, be filled with the Spirit. That's where he's going. Don't, don't miss the opportunities. Don't miss the, 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 the importance of how we live, how we respond, where we are with the, the people around us, the people we can't come into contact with every day of the week. In the, in the times that seem ordinary, in the times that we feel comfortable, and as Helen said earlier, the times when we don't feel we need God, we don't feel we need the power of God. But Paul is saying, I believe, no, 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 there, there, are, there are no such days. These are evil days. We're getting it maybe demonstrated to us a bit more clearly uh, right now through what's going on in the world. But actually, that's true. That, that, that is true all the time. That in the light of what God has done, we are a people who are full of life we're full of the spirit we're full of truth we know what's going on we've got a future we have a hope and actually we need to make the most of every opportunity and every day that we have amen and so paul says don't be drunk on wine but be filled with the spirit which is kind of a way of saying, don't go after all the things that other people around you are going after. Don't go and find joy and peace and satisfaction in what the rest of the world is doing. But actually, no, go to God and be filled with the Spirit and see then how to make the most of every opportunity. That's the, that's the, the, the stepping back from don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit, isn't it? Don't look for, for satisfaction in the same place that that those who don't know God do, but actually be filled with the Spirit. And that also, uh, God's been saying that this morning, hasn't he? Be filled with the Spirit. I love what Sam said about being a, uh, a river, not a reservoir. A reservoir? Maybe you can be that? No. No, be a river, not a reservoir. Um, but be filled with the Spirit. And how? How? Okay? So Paul is so practical. It's about the way that you walk through everyday life. How are we filled with the Spirit? So we get this great list. I am coming to husbands and wives, by the way. I'm not trying to avoid it. Um, how are we filled with the Spirit? Paul says, be filled with the Spirit. And there's got a list of four things that you need to do. Okay? Be filled with the Spirit. Addressing one another in, harms, uh, in, in um, psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody to the Lord with, your, with all your heart. Giving thanks always and for everything to God submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. It's really interesting that, because that list of, that is one long sentence in the original. And some translations, it, it, it gets chopped up into different bits, but the, the, the original is one long sentence. So be filled with the Spirit by addressing one another with psalms and spiritual songs, by making melody and singing in your heart to God, by, um, what's the third one? <laughs> Giving thanks to God in all things and for everything, um, submitting to one another. They're just a list, comma, comma, comma. Be filled by the Spirit. 
doing these, doing these things. It doesn't even say by. Be filled with the Spirit, doing these things. And it's amazing, isn't it? You see, what is going on there? The great analogy for, what, for, for this. Because we, we kind of say, well, how, how are we filled with the Spirit? Surely the Spirit is some kind of power encounter. We have at certain times. Uh, but others will argue, no, but, but it, surely it's just everyday life. We're filled with the Spirit all the time. We've got the life of God in us. What, well, which is it? Well, it's both, isn't it? Actually, the Spirit of God is the very presence of God. If, we, if we're filled with the Spirit, then there will be times of powerful encounter with God where we will absolutely be sure that God has met with us powerfully because he's, the, he, he's, he's omnipotent. He, how, how could he encounter us and there wouldn't be some kind of impact? But equally, there's these ordinary things that go on where Paul's saying, and it's in these things that you're filled with the Spirit. So analogy that I read this week, really helpful, not original to me. Thank you, Andrew Wilson, for this. Sailing, okay? Colin, you know about sailing. Joe, probably on, um, uh, on Zoom this morning, experts in sailing. I did a little bit of sailing as a kid. I've probably said that before. But what a great, because sailing you might think it's about that moment where, that you see on the Olympics or something where the boat is just in perfect formation, uh, like the exhilarating, uh, where the boat skims along the water at high speed, uh, sails full, sun shining. Uh, that's the power encounter with something greater than yourself, yeah? In the sailing boat where you've got it just right and you're, you're going at, at amazing speed and this incredible experience of being taken along by a power that is way greater than yourself, the power encounter. But that only happens because you've done the thing that I did as a kid for hours on end, going around in a little dinghy, learning how to tack, learning what you do with all the different ropes, how you fill the sail just right, cleaning the boat, repainting the boat every winter, practicing capsizing in case you get hit on the head with the thing, what, what do you call it? The boom, that's it. Oh, there's a lot of sailors amongst us. <laughs> There was a lot of booms then. Are you all secret sailors? Uh, anyway, when it hits you, you've got to get known to duck and get out of the way to tell your crew to do the little the jib. The jib, I remember that at the front. But there's all these ordinary things that you've got to practice. They're boring. They're not the power encounter. But actually, that you don't get to the power encounter unless you go through all these other things. And actually, there's something in doing uh, the ordinary stuff and doing it well and in a disciplined way and going through that, that actually then enables the power encounter and enables the filling with the Spirit. And so both parts are important. And Paul says, it's actually as we do these ordinary things. Now, some of them, you thought that was, you, you could have told me that. So this evening, right, this is, this is partly what we're doing this evening, by the way. These evenings that we're having every couple of weeks we're actually saying we know that we need to be filled with the Spirit of God. And actually, one of the ways that we do that is that we go through the process of addressing one another with hymns and spiritual songs. We go through the process of giving thanks to God. We do that as a discipline as well. You might not feel the power of God in every moment of that, but actually there's something about doing that, doing those things, that then, the, then we begin to experience the power of God. And actually, we're saying there's some good habits that we actually need to get back to, particularly after the pandemic. That's why we put these in the diary right now. We actually need to practice. We need to practice and learn again in some ways to worship. We need to learn again addressing one another with hymns and spiritual songs and encouraging one another into worship and giving thanks to God. These are disciplines that actually are good for us and we need to practice them. 
And that's partly what we're doing. Uh, if you noticed, of the four, these four things here as well, some of them are individual things that we do, some of them are things that we do all together. And with these Sunday evenings, this is my way of saying, please come this evening, because this is about us saying, Lord, we want to be filled with your spirit. We realize that actually to live appropriately to how you're calling us to, to live in response to the gospel in our age where the days are evil and we've got to make the most of every opportunity, in that context, we need to be filled with the Spirit. One of the ways that we do that is we practice these, these things. And, we, get, and we, we know that as we do those things together, as we, do, uh, as we encourage one another in those things, then actually we, there's this increased apti- um, uh, what, aptitude. No, that's not the right word. But inclination, if you like, to be filled with the Spirit and to know the power of God in everyday life as we then go on Monday morning and so on and so on. Amen? Are you with me? So come this evening and be filled with the Spirit of God as we address one another with spiritual songs and worship and give thanks to God together. Now, here's the interesting thing. Be filled with the Spirit doing this, 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 and this. Most of them Oh, not a surprise, fun, praising God, giving thanks to God for all the good things, addressing one another, submitting to one another. Hello? We didn't expect that one on the list, did we? Well, it it seems kind of out of place in a way. But no, Paul says, actually, along this list, the fourth one is the little surprise pop-up, submitting to one another. That's actually one of the ways that we practice and, in, and involve and invite the infilling of the Holy Spirit. What do you know? How weird is that? But actually, that's the word of God. That actually is as we submit to one another, as we go through that discipline, as that's the way that we live in every relationship that we come across, so we are, uh, so we are filled and enabling the filling of the Holy Spirit. Because that's, that's God. That's what he's like. That's what he does. It's the nature of God. Oh, the setting up's taking a long time, isn't it? But the biblical perspective on submission is utterly different from what we encounter in the world around us, amen? Because the world around us says submission is about control, it's about being boxed in. Uh, Actually, it's the opposite of, of, of fulfillment and freedom and fruitfulness, three Fs. Actually, submission is, is kind of bad and controlling and limiting and negative. And it's, it's a lot of Disney movies, isn't it? But actually, break free and fulfill yourself. That's the opposite. Don't submit. Negative, nasty. No, put down. No, be free. And, and, and find who you are. Find your authentic self. It's the, no, no, no. The Bible is utterly different from that. In, in the Bible, submission actually is what leads to fruitfulness and fulfillment. It's the model of Jesus, and the Bible says, be like Jesus. Amen? Jesus laid down his life. He became a Philippians 2. We know that, don't we? Laid down his life, made himself nothing, took on the nature of of a man, became a servant, and even to the point of death, badly, um, badly remembered Philippians 2 there. But... That's the, that, there's this incredible truth in the Bible that actually as we submit to one another and all of us in the body of Christ, as we are open, there was a great word this morning, Lucy was praying in the prayer meeting about that open, that spring was speaking to her about openness and being open. But, and there's an openness to one another. 
Submission doesn't mean I just do what you say. It means there's an openness to one another, that we open our lives, that we listen, that we take care to see where somebody else is coming from, that we don't assume that we've got it right, that we want to be in control. It, It is the opposite of what we see around us so much at the moment. There's so much division. There's so much um, uh, animosity and uh, fracturing, isn't there, within society? This is my position. This is where I stand. COVID has unhelpfully done this in some ways to us as well. We we find it within the church. Actually, no, this is is my position. We fracture, fracture, fracture. And actually, the, the biblical model is that we submit to one, that we're open, that we don't assume that we've got it all right or that we're the monop- we have the monopoly on the truth. And, and we listen and we're open and we, we submit in that way to one another. We prefer one another's needs. We listen. We say, well, what's your, what, what's your experience? How, what, what have you found? There's a submitting to one another, actually, which is a, 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 a biblical, a beautiful thing that actually the Bible tells us is the route to freedom, weirdly. Well, only weirdly because society has taught us something else. Actually, the truth is that in submitting to Christ, in submitting to Jesus, in in learning to obey him, in surrendering our lives, actually is freedom is found. Fulfillment is found. Everything good actually is found. That's where we find fruitfulness and, and satisfaction and peace ultimately is in submitting to Jesus. Amen? So submission actually needs, re, needs, re-brand, needs a rebrand in the church. Amen? And actually, it's one of the things that Paul says, be filled with the Spirit, doing this, 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 and this, and submitting to one another. That is a, I think that's a biggie for us. But that's where fruitfulness, that's where fulfillment actually is to be found, because that's the model of Jesus. And actually, what this passage is about, I believe, or at least this is the foundation of this passage, is that we learn that submission to Christ, we learn that in our everyday relationships. We learn that with one another in the ordinary walking through life things, on the Monday morning things, in the household things. And actually, what Paul goes on to talk about in this passage is some very mundane areas of life. Well, you could say mundane, but maybe not if we're filled with the Spirit. So he talks about husbands and wives. He talks about parents and children. He talks about um, slaves and masters. Or you could expand that and apply that to kind of the workplace. But actually, ordinary, everyday stuff, he says, in these areas, I want you to submit to one another. And actually, that's one of the ways that you become filled with the Spirit. That's one of the ways that you model Christ-likeness in those everyday places. And then it's in those everyday places that you're filled and that you take the, make the most of every opportunity and you see fruitfulness coming in ways that you weren't perhaps expecting. And so I, I love what Helen brought earlier about where you're, not, where you're not thinking that you need the power of God. And it's so often in those ordinary places, the ordinary places of marriage, even if, right, even if you, in a, in a good marriage, it's, it's, it can be such a place of comfort, can't it? I felt God was speaking to me, even as we were uh, worshiping this morning. Uh, it's in com- ordinary comfort, where we switch off, where we go home, where we go, oh, I've done that bit. I've done the God bit. I've done the, I've done the making most of every opportunity bit of life. I did that out there. Now I go home and I chill, switch off. 
No, 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 Paul says. No, it's in those places that you're to submit to one another. And by doing so, you model Jesus and you're filled with the Spirit and the opportunities and the fruitfulness come. It's in the ordinary stuff, husbands and wives stuff. Amen? This is revolutionary. It's certainly revolutionary in husbands and wives. And if, if you think about the, uh, the audience that Paul was talking to, there were some very defined hierarchies of how you did things. But Paul says, no, I want you to be submissive to one another. I want you to be open to one another, listening to one another. And by so doing, I want you to be filled with the Spirit. And I want you to make the most of every opportunity in life. So may those places, those ordinary places, those comfortable places, they may, may they be fruitful places that are filled with the Spirit of God as we take on, as we clothe ourselves with the approach of Christ, which is that we submit and that we open ourselves to one another and we, we defer and we listen and we are there for the good of the other in all the relationships that we, that we come across. Amen? Actually, that's the way to be filled. That's the way to see the kingdom of God come. Now, there are some specifics here about marriage, and I don't have very long. So just let me, let me and, and we can explore this in other, in other ways, and we can explore it in small groups and come and ask me about it, whatever. Um, so let me just make some observations. Uh, and by the way, if you want to explore it more and you're a married couple and you're like, oh, how does this apply? Then come on the next time we do the marriage course. Because it is, we've just been, we're on week six, I think. We're on week, are we on week seven, aren't we, everybody? Uh, people, there's people dotted around the room who are, sit, come here on Friday nights. And actually, they submit to one another. They listen. There's a lot of listening and talking and going, well, what, how's, that, how's that work for you? What are you feeling about this? We, there's a lot of submission. And, and it's, it's so good every time because um, it's just an opportunity to invest. And I want to I call us as those who are husbands and wives, to invest in our marriages because of what Paul says here. So, so that is the backdrop. Sorry, I was going on to observations. That's the backdrop, the submitting to one another. That's the backdrop where Paul comes on now to say, and in this area, and in this area, and in this area, the first one of those is marriage, husbands and wives. And the thing that, I guess the thing that stands out from this little section actually probably is the instruction to husbands. That's a bit that is new news, if you like. In the context of Paul saying, I want you to submit to one another, the new news is the, is the six verses that are addressed to husbands. That says, husbands, I want you to be like Christ in your marriage. I want you to lay down your life for your wife in the way that Christ does. And often we, we um, home in on the other bit that says, wives, submit to your husbands. But as we've done marriage prep with a number of people over the years. Quite, some of you might be in this room. Try not to look. I hope it was okay. Um, but, you know, always we say that the, the stuff about wives, submit to your husband. If, you, if there's a husband who is laying their life down for their wife, who, who is all about the needs of the wife, who is all about preferring and honoring and enabling the wife to flourish. If, if you have a husband who is like Christ in laying down, as Paul says, his life for his wife, then there is no issue with submission. And anyway, Paul is talking a general context about submitting to one another and therefore the, the being filled with the Spirit. So I, I think I want to call us husbands, actually, to a fresh look at this. Because... Although the context of this passage is submit to one another, 
That's, what Paul, that where, that's where Paul is coming from. In the ordinary things of life, in the everyday relationships, the context is submit to one another. But actually, of course, when he comes to talk about husbands and wives, he's not saying, he's not saying husbands and wives have the same roles in life. You can look elsewhere and see that he talks about male and female being equal. There's no male and female. There's no slave and free. That's the, that's the other backdrop to this. So in terms of our value before God, there is no difference. But there are different roles for husbands and wives. Amen? Very clear in looking at... Oh, there was, that, was, that was quite quiet. Um, very clear in looking at this passage that actually, although we're submitting to one another, and before Christ, we're all the same. We've all been saved by grace. We're all under his lordship. And actually, we submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. But we don't have the same roles. The the role of the husband is talked about differently from the role of the wife. But actually, I believe it begins with the role of the husband who comes with his attitude to, to, to marriage, which is I'm laying down my life for this person that God has joined me to as one flesh. That's the foundation. That's the foundation of the difference. And so I think what I want to call us to as husbands is that sense of that initiative taking. If I could do one thing, if I could give one application this morning, and this is what I felt God challenged me on as I've read this passage again, is that in modeling ourselves on how Christ is with the church, is that sense of, uh, and that sense of laying down our lives is, that it is the initiative taking in the, things, in the things of God, in the things of being filled with the Spirit. So when there's moments in our relationship where we need God, when there's moments where we're having difficulty, and there's mom- when there's moments where we just need to pray, when there's moments where there's friction and we need to f- forgiveness, I want to say to us husbands, yours is, the ro- yours is the role to take the initiative in those things. Not exclusively, it doesn't mean wives sit back, but actually there's something in the way that, that, that Paul talks about husbands laying down their lives for their wives. There is something of initiative that says, be the first to go and say sorry. Be the first to say, come on, let's pray about this. Be the first to say, let's go to God. Be the first to, to reconcile. Amen? So don't hear what I'm not saying. We submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. We're equal before God because we're all saved by grace as he has mercy on us. But actually, we do have different roles. And I want to call us as husbands, and I want to call myself. I don't feel like I've always had this this mindset in that way. But to say, God, let let me take initiative here. Let me come to you first. Let, let me, and this is not about maturity. It's not about uh, your walk with God. This is a simple thing of just saying, God, we need you. We want to be filled with you in our spirit, in, in our marriage. We want to be filled with your spirit in our marriage. Let's go after God together. I want to call us husbands to take that Christ-like step and to lay down our lives and say, God, come. I, I submit to you and I want to serve you. I want to see your flourishing. What other observations? I guess the important thing also to say at this moment, in a room full of all sorts of different experiences of marriage, whether that be in your upbringing or in a marriage that 
has ended or where a husband and wife or wife has died or there's so many different situations, good experiences of marriage, bad experiences of marriage. This is not, uh, what I'm not doing today is bringing pastoral application for every different situation. And I know because, it, because marriage is a deep thing, because it is this thing that models something of Christ in the church, it models the grace of God and the mercy of God. It models a place where, uh, where, there's fruit, where fruitfulness comes. Because of that, actually, there is a power in it, but also there's a lot of, it, there's a lot of heartache, I know, where things go wrong. And so I just want to recognize that. But equally say, let us honor the place of marriage. It is something that God has intended and designed. It is something that reflects the relationship with God and the church. That is a mystery. It's part of uh, what we will understand in eternity. There's a mystery there. But actually, there's a modeling of this submission and of... um, of surrender and of laying down our lives to one another that brings fruitfulness. There's something powerful in that. And so when it goes wrong or when it's difficult, then the, the implications of that are big, I know. And some of us are, uh, are living with some of those things. And so I just want to recognize that. I want to pray God's power and his spirit and his grace into that. But also I want to say let's honor marriage because it is a gift of God and it is the place it is the first place God's, uh, that Paul says, I want you to work out this submission. I want, to, I want you to work out this being filled with the Spirit. I want you to work out this making the most of every opportunity that we might see God come, that we might be imitators, that there might be this overflow that we've been talking about into those around us. We should expect to see the power of God and the fruitfulness of God as we honor marriage. So let's not be those who complain about husbands and wives. Let's, let's not be those who talk about, oh, wives this or, oh, husbands this. You hear a lot of that. that. That can't be, in the context of what we're reading of Paul here, that cannot be our approach. But rather to say, no, we lay down our lives to one another and we expect, therefore, the infilling of the Spirit and we expect fruitfulness. We expect God to come and turn up and, make, and, and use the opportunities that we have in the ordinary things of life. Amen? Let's stop. We're going to stop there. What I'd love to do, uh, but just as we finish, I'd actually, I, I would like, off the back of what I've just said, I would love to pray for those of you who are husbands right now. If you want to be prayed for, just as God's been challenging me and speaking to me through this passage, I'd love just to pray that we know again the power of God as we are husbands, as we lay down our lives for our, for our wives. So if you'd, like me to, if, if you'd like to be prayed for in that context, I'd love you just to stand with me right now and let me pray. You don't have to, but it's an invitation. But I believe that there's an infilling of the Spirit and of the power of God to come uh, in this moment as we do this. So Father, I want to thank you for the truth of your word. I want to thank you for the power of it and the mystery of it. I thank you for this amazing thing of marriage that you've given us as this building block within society where we lay down our lives to one another and where we see uh, the blessing of God come, where we see the infilling of the Spirit, where we see this overflow to those around, Lord, as we honor you with the way that we live. And Father, I want to pray for us as husbands. I want to pray that you would come in power now by your Spirit. I want to pray that you would fill each one of us. I want to pray that you would prompt us Lord, to go after you for our marriages. 
Lord, to be the first to come to you, to be the first to suggest that we pray, Lord, to be the first to come and reconcile where things are frictious or, or, or where things go wrong. Lord, I want to pray that you would enable us and empower us to do that, Lord, that we might see this picture of Christ laying down his life for the church and that would inspire us, not be a heavy weight, but inspire us uh, to be an amazing blessing to our wives uh, and to, to honor them, to prefer them, and to see the flourishing of our, of our marriages and to see your spirit come, that we might use every opportunity that you've given us. And Lord, that your glory would come in our marriages and our homes and overflow to those around us. So Lord, I pray, anoint us with your spirit. Lord, prompt us. May we not just be comfortable, but may we take the most of every opportunity as Paul encourages us in the name of Jesus. I bless you. I bless your marriages in Jesus' name today. Amen. And then I'd love all of us to stand. And I just want to pray specifically, if this is a hard area for you because of part, let's just all close our eyes, lift our hands. If this is a hard area for you because of past experience or experience as a kid or something you've been through or just this heartache that's still raw, I just want to pray that God, you would come by your spirit with comfort, with truth, with grace, would you pour out your spirit? Would you come close to everyone in this room, whatever the experience, Lord? Would you bring blessing? Lord, may, may those who are married within the room, Lord, may they be a blessing to those around. May we honor those who are single. Lord, we know that that is something that is honored in your word. May we make the most of being a, a wider family together. May we bless one another, single, married, those who have lost husbands or wives, Lord, those who are all different stages of life, may we be your family together and be filled with your spirit as we serve one another and lay down our lives and submit to one another in this wider family, Lord. We pray that you would help us with that in the name of Jesus. And I bless you, whatever your experience, wherever you're at right now emotionally, I pray for the infilling of the spirit of God in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. If there's something, if this has touched on something um, in your own life, there are so many different applications and we have to be so careful about the way we uh, handle uh, this area. Uh, please feel free to come and talk. We're absolutely open to that. Um, and we just want to know the power of God in these relationships. So be blessed. Have a great week.